Sport Limited. Okay, welcome everyone. I see a few new people here. So new people, would you mind just going ahead and tapping in the chat box or you could just speak out? Uh, what makes you come on this platform? How would you like to uh, participate in this journey with us? And a little bit about it yourself. Maybe just one liner. Hello, Amitabh. Hello, Amrita. Thank you for saying hi. So we just have two new people. Okay. So eventually who hadn't, uh, Kripi says hello. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, so for new people who are here, I will quickly uh, tell you what we've been doing. Uh, we meet every day at 7.15 online. Uh, and the intent is to help people understand what is mindfulness practice and not just understand, but practice it together. Uh, as I posted on the group, the best way to know mindfulness is to practice it together. So I always see this and I love seeing this and I see this to myself also. Mindful is, mindfulness is not about philosophy. It is not about theorizing things. It is about getting that as a practice into our life so that we are able to function from a refined awareness. What that does to us is there are many, many benefits about it. So I believe all of you on the platform, you know what is meditation, you know what is yoga, you know uh, maybe other aspects of the mind and body. Now, after knowing all of this, what becomes most crucial is, you know, whatever we have known for years, are we able to use that and transform our life in some other way? And therefore, this is an effort for all of us to create a support community where everybody comes together and practices mindfulness. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group. Uh, if there are any questions, people can post it to me on my personal message. Then we try and post the content on the group. Whatever happens in the Zoom meeting, the content is posted back onto the group. So if people have missed, they can go and watch it. So before we start a long practice today, uh, for all of you who may not know or may know what is mindfulness, sorry, I'm just changing the co-host uh, here and I think I'm changing it. Okay. Uh, so mindful, what is the difference between other meditations and mindfulness meditation? Uh, I have recorded a video, detailed video about this, which I'll post on the group. But just in short, mindfulness is about paying attention on purpose in the present moment. But when we pay attention in the present moment, it is not about judging what we are paying attention to. It is not about coming to an inference. It is not about discarding the experience. It is not about blocking your thoughts. It is not about entering into a zero state of mind. Nothing of all this. And therefore, one of the definitions of meditation is to familiarize the practitioner with the functioning of the mind. So this is getting accustomed and closely watching the functioning of our mind. And therefore, there's a Tibetan word for this, which is called as gom. Gom means to habituate. Okay, so in mindfulness meditation, we don't chase anything specifically, but we just open our awareness 
and keep it fluid to whatever is arising in the present moment without trying to change it in any way. So yesterday we did a practice. This is again a reiteration for everybody who has joined today. We did a practice where we used our breath. So mindfulness is always about being mindful of something. So sometimes we can be mindful of the breath. Sometimes we can be mindful of the body sensations. Sometimes we can be mindful of the sounds around us. Sometimes we can be mindful about the mental patterns that the mind forms. But we have to use some source of being mindful. Why? So that our mind doesn't constantly run away and, keep, and stays there when it wanders. We, we are able to bring it back to some anchor point. And yesterday we used, that, used breath as an anchor. So what we did was, we, when we watch our breath go all the way in, you have to, in your mind, say the word in. And when the breath travels all the way out, in your mind, you say the word out. And you keep silently saying the word in with the in-breath and the word out with the out-breath. Now, in between, your mind is going to run away. It may run away into thoughts, some physical discomfort, uh, something that's distracting you in terms of the surrounding sounds, whatever is the source of your distraction, you have to recognize it. And how recognize? Just recognize that I've wandered and then bring it back to the breath again. Doesn't matter, like Santosh said earlier, how many times your mind wanders away, you just bring it back. This is what is we call in a, in a lighter term is the bicep curl for the mind. You keep on doing those repetitions and eventually you find that the strength has increased. The mind doesn't wander so much or even if it does, you quickly get it back. Why is this necessary? Because there's a good research now that around 47 to 50% of the times our mind is wandering. And they did this experiment with three lakh people when they used to get an app alert on their mobile phone and they have to open the app and answer two questions. What are you doing right now? Where is your attention? Most of the times, 50% of the times, people's attention was not at what they were doing. It was either in the past or in the future. And this is the nature of the mind, the default mode of the mind, which keeps oscillating between the past and the future. And with this practice, we are able to bring back the mind into the present moment so that we have a richer experience of the present moment and also able to investigate the functioning of our mind, which gives us a choice to come out of this autopilot mode into a response of choice. Okay, so I'm gonna pause for a couple of minutes and uh, take any questions that you have before we do a little longer practice today. So either you could type out your question in the chat box or you can speak. Yeah. Uh, hi, Nitin. Uh, this is Amitabh here. Yeah. So uh, thanks for uh, having me in this uh, session. So uh, I, I, I dropped you a text message and you have given uh, this, this session, uh, the link for this session that we are doing. So uh, one thing uh, like I attended uh, one of your last uh, storytelling session. And one thing which has uh, impacted me a lot, I mean, that statement of yours has really created impact on me, that 
there is a difference between knowing a thing and practicing it i mean actually doing it uh, correctly because we know something but when we try to do it actually it doesn't happen like you did a activity where you gave only one sentence to us and everybody was trying to do it but it was not uh, coming as it should have been so the same thing happens like what you said is absolutely correct and i i believe most of the people might know it also from their either from their intuitional knowledge or somebody would have told them but it sometimes it so happens that suddenly when something comes up and it becomes we feel that this is so big that you know we lose our cool and uh, we start behaving in the which is not at all uh, you know which which is not helping to the cause itself yes so it some somehow i think that uh, is is that comes from our subconscious mind or or how how that works and how to control that uh, that sudden uh, you know somebody is talking something stupidly and I, i mean that's what what we feel maybe the other person is right at there and but suddenly we uh, you know start reacting in the way which, which is actually not helping anybody's cause maybe we are shouting or or you know using some very harsh words or something mm-hmm. or the other yes. somebody from the other end is uh, giving us some feedback in some harsh word and we are suddenly feeling agitated so but but that is happening all uh, spontaneously so, so how do we handle that situation that's actually my question yes yes, yes. you know i'm going to quote this quote by victor frankel and he says between stimulus and a response there is a gap and how we use that gap in that gap lies our freedom to choose and our freedom for happiness now essentially these practices like mindfulness help us to create that gap between stimulus and the response so for example right now you start shouting at me my immediate response is i start shouting back right but imagine if you start shouting at me and i am able to take a deep breath and respond in a way that i want to respond maybe your response towards me is also going to change you know and i'll give you a beautiful example which i observed on the street uh i was at a signal and this this car uh, there was a two wheeler standing in front of him and this car rolled over a little bit and it just brushed the tail lamp of that two wheeler guy he got so furious the two wheeler person he flung his helmet got on the street started beating the guy's bumper very strongly and asking him to come out as if he's ready to kill this is a classic instance of amygdala hijack this guy comes out he looks at him and just gives him a hug and says i am sorry come let's talk i thought that was a brilliant response when he was being ridiculed in front of 100 people this guy was still able to keep his composure and not react on habitual autopilot pattern but choose a response and when we do practices like mindfulness when we start using this as our dedicated practice every day we will slowly build this higher awareness where we'll also start developing this ability of not constantly functioning on autopilot but at least 5 out of 10 times we are able to choose our response we can still make mistakes because that's being part of being human right so dan harris says maybe mindfulness practice can make us less of an asshole not all the time an asshole <laughs> so uh, and that's helpful right uh imagine you are having a discussion with a team member where everybody is disagreeing but you hold your poise and you are able to take everybody's perspective and lead the discussion to a healthy conclusion isn't that brilliant yeah 
and so is it in the family maybe you are having a strong discussion with your family member and you hold your poise and you are able to resolve that and not only the person feels heard and understood but feels a connection with you you know that is what is our intent but 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 this is not a magic pill it's not going to happen in one day everybody is on a crash course these days 5 days of certification you become a fitness expert 21 days of yoga you become a yoga guru you know 5 days of uh, mind training you become an expert mind trainer no this takes time because nobody of us has got this education from school how to handle emotions how to listen to build relationships how to ask smart questions how to look into your own functioning of the mind we have not received this training uh, so therefore it will take a little time for us but it will not also go till eternity we will see results as soon as 3 months at least the state effect uh, i'll give you one more example and then we need to get into practice now uh, the other day on the call on the zoom meet we were talking about how can we just take a deep breath before we have an instinct to reply in phone conversations okay and we shared this next day one participant comes back and says today i tried to practice that with one of the most difficult clients i handle and whenever i had this instinct to cut him off i just became mindful and i took a pause and let him complete and at the end of the call this person says thank you for listening to me and it was a very fruitful discussion you know so that little pause with mindfulness can also help us does that answer your question amita yes yes okay very much very much okay friends so i'm using my phone i'm going to put a timer on it we will practice for 8 minutes today again and uh, one more thing now people are very uh, very concerned about what is success and failure of my meditation or mindfulness practice there is no success and failure even if your mind runs 100 times and you are able to bring it back 100 times good job if, if even if it runs 5 times or it runs 100 times but you recognize only 5 times 95 times you don't recognize that it is run away good job you know so do not evaluate your experience into success and failure of the practice slowly slowly you will see that the practice will yield you higher awareness so our effort is not changing a specific special state in this practice all right so now let's start our practice find yourself a posture which is upright keeping your back straight and finding the right balance between comfort and alertness let's take a deep breath now and now let's become aware of the breathing in our body you don't have to consciously breathe the breathing is already happening we have to bring our attention to this breathing so either you can keep keep your attention at the tip of your nose 
feeling the cool air going in and the warm air traveling out. Or you may become aware of your belly rising with the in-breath and falling with the out-breath. Wherever you can sense the breathing in the body, let your attention rest there now. And as we watch our breath going in, in our mind, we will say the word in. And as we watch our breath traveling out, in our mind, we will say the word out. You'll also recognize the moment we think of paying attention to the breath, the mind has already run away. But that's the nature of the mind. It doesn't matter if it's running away. You can just recognize it. and gently bring it back to the breath. If you have an instinct to move your body, just move it mindfully, changing your posture.
also as you watch your breath do not exert too much of mental pressure to keep yourself at your breath the awareness has to be a gentle and fluid awareness if you become too constrained in your practice it's going to create aversion towards it and it's going to lead to a conflict and struggle okay so let's come back gently opening your eyes okay amrita has asked a question how do we shield ourselves against negativity is this source always from outside i'll answer that in a bit before we close the call but anybody wants to share how was the practice or any questions that you want to ask uh yes uh netin uh, can you hear me i can day before yesterday you told the meaning of uh, the word acceptance okay uh, then also uh, while reading casually i i understood the meaning of stress what is stress so uh, what i found that uh, understanding the correct meaning of uh, the words uh, can help us uh, practicing mindfulness in a better way so can you throw some light on important words which are uh, involved in you know what are we going through like you know means mm. what's like when we understand the meaning then we generally are in perception that i am mm. ready to accept the thing but i don't know mm. what is acceptance you know okay hmm so what is acceptance acceptance is the opposite of denial <laughs> so uh, what does no, that no, mean uh, i understood the meaning when you told okay. and that was classic example means okay uh, okay so likewise you can throw some another words uh, four five examples generally we, we those are related to emotions uh, sure. we are trying to okay so we'll discuss one word today which is called as non judgmental awareness uh, for example let's say when we watch something our mind inter- uh, instantly comes to a judgment okay so for example let's say i have this phone in my hand and i my eyes go towards it and i watch it instantly i start judging oh it looks like my earlier phone model uh, i don't know what uh, how much is the how much how many megapixels is the camera uh, does it have a dual camera or a single camera i don't like the size you know all sorts of interpretations and judgments can come because uh, our mind functions like that rather the brain functions like that uh, and also uh, therefore they say our mind is a meaning making machine so we want to make meaning out of everything and therefore sometimes whatever meaning we cannot make out of we don't want to encounter it you know uh we are scared about it so then we come to convenient interpretations about it and it is based, based on 
whatever we have read so far, our schooling that has happened, the belief system, the conditioning, so many things come together. Now, what is non-judgmental awareness? It is resisting this temptation of coming to a judgment. So I'll give you an example. So let's say a child, let's say two or three year old child. When the child sees a rose, how will the child respond? Because the child doesn't have database yet of language, education. The child will take the petals, smell it, touch it on the body. Now the child doesn't have this judgmental perception about the rose because the child doesn't even know it's a rose. Therefore, it wants to experience the part of that life, which is the rose right now, through all the senses. Correct? Now look at an adult. When the adult sees a rose, suddenly the commentary will start. Uh, looks like a hybrid quality of a rose. The petals and the, the pigmentation of this is affected by the sunlight because it is very harsh right now. You know, all sorts of interpretation. Now the child goes from Pune to Mumbai and sees a rose again. How will the child respond? Same way. Smell it, touch it, feel it. But the adult, because the adult knows so much, the adult will start saying, ah, Mumbai has more retention of moisture because it's towards the humid climate and therefore uh, it requires less of fertilizer and whatever. But you're not experiencing the rose now. You're experiencing your own commentary in the head. While this is important for survival, which means, for example, if I go on the street and I experience some object coming at a fast speed towards me, I quickly have to know it's a car and I have to get out of the way to save myself. This is only necessary for our survival. But constant chatter of the mind, constant interpretations then become projections of our mind. And therefore, there's a saying in psychology, we don't see the world the way it is. We see it the way we prefer to see it. And therefore, what this practice of mindfulness helps is not judge any experience. And when we don't judge any experience, we open up another dimension of knowing, which is deep investigation. Because now if there is no judgment, curiosity is the absence of judgment, right? And once we become curious, then we start looking more deeply. Then we start understanding or at least make an attempt to understand in a different way. And this helps then in every walk of life. For example, the other day, uh, you know, I told my mom two, three times one same instruction. And then she asked me the fourth time. Now, instead of quickly jumping to a judgment that, oh, you did not listen to me with intent. You were not present when I was saying, or you always do this. I said, mom, what's happening? Uh, are you struggling to remember? Or did you not understand what I was saying? She's like, actually, these days I'm forgetting things quite a lot. I said, okay, cool. I'll explain it to you again. Uh, because I was able to suspend the judgment, then, you know, a dialogue also opened up. Uh, so therefore, in mindfulness practice, we talk about non judgmental awareness okay which is suspending the mind to come to a judgment so you could also do a small practice you know whatever you just sit in your room observe some objects around you let's say now i'm observing this light that's there in front of me just keep observing the shape the contours the edges and if internal chatter starts just blink your eyes take a deep breath start observing again if internal chatter starts, take a deep breath, close your eyes, open your eyes again, 
start observing again you know this way also we can become mindful so just a while ago i was feeling too hot in my room i just went into my balcony and i just was observing the hill far away then the chatter started coming up then close your eyes blink then watch again so bits by bits with little doses of mindful practices like this we can train our mind to move away from judgment because it's not necessary all the time you know for example right now all the doctors who are working on the vaccine for corona virus no past data is going to help it will help in a certain way because the it is similar to the sars virus and all that but if you have to now completely go into innovation and find a new vaccine then they will have to suspend quick judgment arising out of their observations they will have to have a sustained level of curiosity and investigation to be able to create a breakthrough innovation does that make sense okay great okay so i'm going to answer uh, i see a lot of messages on the chat uh how do we shield ourselves against negativity is this the source always from outside the source can be outside and it can be also from inside uh, while sometimes we feel the source comes very strongly from the outside for example let's say you watch a news today that corona cases have risen in pune and bombay now you can suffer all night thinking it will come in my home okay and that can be a problem so whatever is the external source how or the stimulus how do we deal with that internally will define whether we are suffering or we are in peace now what happens to our internal state is that we start having these negative thoughts we start having these negative emotions and therefore if we are able to handle that then we are out of our suffering or we are able to at least suffer in a way that we accept our suffering and why this is necessary because sometimes some events can be really really painful in our life you know loss of business loss of a loved one feeling of betrayal something that has gone wrong many of your expectations being unmet all the impact will happen in forms of our thoughts running wild our emotions running wild uh, so if you are able to deal with that then the intensity of suffering will also reduce then within that suffering also while it may seem to be a continuous suffering we may find moments of peace also we may find moments of insight also yeah so whatever is the stimulus it always is imprinting within us it's never it never imprints outside of us so while we can try and fix the world of course we can give people feedback we can uh, you know put laws we can do all of this in the external world whatever is necessary to fix it but in turn but we also have to deal with it within uh, so mai hamesha in hindi i keep on saying this you know ek bar hum jhagda karke aate hai usko bahut bura bhala sunate hai fir bhi dil shant nahi hota ghar pe aake kehte aur do tamache lagane chahiye the और एक हफ्ता सुनाओ तो मेरा दिल शांत हो जाएगा नाउ दिस इज इंटेंस सफरिंग समहाउन यू रेप्रमांड यू डू वट एवर बट इफ वी कैरी दैट पर्सन इन आवर हेड ऑल थ्रू द नाइट ऑल थ्रू द नेक्स्ट टू ईयर एंड समटाइम्स पीपल से दस साल पहले जो हुआ था अभी भी मेरे दिमाग में गूंज रहा है एंड आई एम लाइक वाओ दैट्स ह्यूज प्राइस टू पे फॉर यूर पीस यू नो we will never come at peace like that so therefore we have to uh 
uh, deal with it internally and practices like mindfulness can help us to do that. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, and Amitabh says, practice was really good. However, some thoughts keep coming. They will keep coming. We have 40,000 thoughts during the day. You can't stop them. We will only have blank state of mind. Either you are enlightened for a lot of hours, you will not have a thought or we are dead. You know, <laughs> so people practice, uh, people who have been practicing for last 30 years also, they will say, I had so many thoughts and as I was able to watch them, which means even though I had thoughts, they did not disturb me. And that is what we want to achieve. It's not so much about I had thoughts, right? It's, it's about the way that we are able to handle these thoughts. Okay. Okay. So let me just check the time. Okay, just two, three uh, things. Sorry, one thing actually, small. Now, this is what we did today was the formal practice of mindfulness, correct? But the formal practice eventually also has to help us to do certain things with mindfulness in our life. For example, anything that we can do, either we can do mindfully or mindlessly. Imagine you remember those moments when you have the best dish in front of you that you love it. And we have eaten mindlessly and after 15 minutes realize we are so full that we can't walk. Everybody has that experience, right? So we can eat mindfully or mindlessly. We can talk mindfully or mindlessly. We can work mindfully or mindlessly. We can drink mindfully, not the holy water, just, just water, tea, whatever, mindfully or mindlessly. Anything can be done mindfully or mindlessly. So from tomorrow onwards, you may try a little thing. Take a mindful bath, you know, be aware of the water trickling down your body. How does it feel? What is your temperature of the skin? And spend some time in the shower. Take a mindful shower and see what happens if something changes in your experience. If you eat a meal, just sit down without your mobile phone, not watching the television, chew every morsel as if it is the last, at least do this for three bites and eat mindfully and see what happens if the quality of your experience changes. And then we would be happy to know uh, if you practice this and how the quality of your experience changes. Okay. If there are any questions, you can post it to me on my WhatsApp or let's have just two minutes to gather any questions. I'll answer that on the group and uh, I'll connect with you tomorrow again. So let's have final two minutes to take any questions or comments and then we close. Okay, I consider that as everybody has become very contemplative and deep diving within. So on that note, let's end the call and I'll see you tomorrow. Have a pleasant evening. Okay. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks a lot.